Hello and welcome to episode four of the Long Shot Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Duncan Robinson, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Davis Reed. We are back, and I'm esteemed, which is exciting. Yeah, you would. You definitely are. Uh, you've earned that. Uh, that's that's a well earned esteemed. But uh, yeah, here we are, uh, episode four. Once again, haven't been canceled yet, which is pretty exciting stuff. Uh, so continuing to develop some momentum here, uh, which is fun. But um, you know, the heat right now are currently we're in a little bit of a homestand, which is nice. Nice to be back in Miami. Uh, still can't go anywhere because of the protocols, but nonetheless, nice to be back in Miami. And we're actually starting to play in front of some fans now too, which is fun. Yeah, how's that? How's that been? I wanted to ask you. It's what two thousand people now. Does it feel back to normal, or is normal now empty arenas? So it's weird to have fans. Well, I'll tell you what. The first game back with fans. Might have been 2,000 people. It felt like 30,000 just because I think everybody had grown accustomed to the dead, quiet arenas uh, with the the pumped in, you know, fake crowd noise. But uh, it's definitely nice to be back in front of our fans and just hearing, you know, any sort of of feedback that they can give uh, throughout the course of a game, any sort of momentum, you know, we go on a run, you know, big stop, big shots, all that sort of stuff. So it's it's fun to be playing uh, in front of people again, for sure. That's beautiful. I wanted to ask news that came out this week. It seems like we're trending towards an all-star weekend, potentially. Not only an all-star game, but a Saturday night, which means, you know, knock on wood, we may get a chance to see a Duncan Robinson uh, redemption three-point contest. Has that uh, crossed your mind at all, or is that something you're not focused on in the least? Uh, I mean, I've I've heard whispers of the potential All Star game. Uh, we'll and, and the Saturday night, like you mentioned, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just in talking to um, some people around the league. I think it's far from a surefire thing, but uh, it, it is exciting that it, it could happen. I think, uh, particularly for for guys that are having great years, uh, the opportunity to you know, to play in an all-star game, um, I imagine is, is a once in a lifetime thing. So I think we got a couple guys on our, on our roster that are certainly worthy. Um, but as for Saturday night, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd love to get back there. We'll, we'll see if the invite comes around or if it even happens. Um, you know, I, I absolutely laid an egg last year, something that still eats at me a little bit, but, uh, leads to a lot of sleepless nights. It, it did. Uh, back then I've, I've now finally come to terms with it, but you know, now it's uh, right now. It's, it's the the focus is on on winning basketball games for the Miami Heat. But if if that comes around and it's an opportunity that I'm fortunate enough to to have a um, a chance at, then of course I'd I'd love to do it. But we'll see. Uh, a long ways from from them. But uh, in the meantime, just gonna you know try to focus on continuing to do my job here for the for the Heat. You can you can keep keep giving me the media answer. That's fine. But we need a three point championship out of you at some point. At some point, it's certainly certainly a goal that I want to check a box that I want to check uh, in my career. If it happens this year, fantastic. If it doesn't, you know, it's uh, hopefully we got some other years uh, that that we could have a crack at it. But I will say the three point competition is such a weird experience. I went through it last year, obviously, and you know you don't really get a warm up 
you get like two minutes where it's just like a free shoot right before. And then you sit down for another 20 minutes before you even get to shoot. It's just such a, and then shooting off the rack is weird. Also it's, it's so unnatural. Um, I didn't really get a chance to practice. I kind of found out, um, and we went on a road trip, so it's not like I could, you know, set up racks in our home gym and do it. We were, we were always on the road and just had a hard time getting the infrastructure, uh, in place to, to <laughs> practice. But, um, that's not to make any sort of excuses because I think it was Buddy Heald who won, uh, well-deserved last year. But I, I think if anything, what I took away is that I need to be better, you know, in, in the, in future competitions. Um, there it is. Yeah. So the blame doesn't go anywhere else, but, uh, but on me, on, on my shoulders. And I just want to make that clear. Uh, but it is a weird situation. Uh, I'd also like to say that I'm also, I'm happy to hear that you had gotten over last year's defeat. And I'm also glad that I just brought it right back up. So you can now just have it fresh on your mind. Uh, Udonis Haslam recently, UD OG referred to you as the greatest shooter he's ever played with, I believe is the quote. He was on Kenyon Martin's podcast. I don't know if you've seen that, but what does that mean to you? Not only to have a OG like Udonis Haslam say that about you, but you're in on the Miami Heat. So to have your veteran in the locker room instilling that confidence in you, uh, you know, when you hear something like that, what what goes through your mind? It's it's incredibly high praise. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, he's he's played with some big time players, some big time shooters. Um, you know, just to hear that I, I would be in the conversation is is special. I think maybe it's a little bit of recency bias, uh, just in the fact that I'm his current teammate. But uh, you know, I, I'll I'll also say this: I, I have a long ways to go before I'm even in the category as some of those guys. Uh, and, and I think the biggest differentiator is longevity, and that. I've really only done it for one year and you know, the real test is, is going to be if I can continue to do it for years, plural. Um, you know, some of those guys, particularly Ray Allen, I mean, he's in my opinion, if not the greatest, the second greatest, I, I think right now the greatest probably has to go to Steph, uh, just cause he's literally revolutionized and changed the game. But Ray Allen is, is certainly right up there. Uh, and, and the, the shots that he's hit, the, you know, the moments that he's had um, and, and the stages that he's performed on at such a high level and for such a long time. So I, I appreciate the praise. It's crazy, um, incredibly humbling. And, and Udonis is an incredible leader and, and one of the best teammates I've I've ever been around. Um, but nonetheless, I, I still think I got a ways to go before I feel like I can actually, you know, wear that that crown. Fair enough. Another kind of humble media answer from you, but we'll accept it. Well, I mean, that it's the truth, though, you know, so like at, at what point? It, yes, it may be a media answer, uh, but it is also the truth. That's that's genuinely how I feel. You have good perspective on these things. So, yes, it's the truth. But I'm just looking for you one of these days to be like, yeah, guys, I am the greatest shooter of all time. We'll get there. Well, you, you can keep looking because I just don't know if that's going to happen uh outwardly anytime soon you know I, I have an extreme amount of confidence in myself but uh i try to stay away from the the outward bravado uh if you will i i actually i, I want to transition because of this course is you do. <laughs> this is a huge weekend for davis reed uh the chiefs are back in the super bowl and and i just want to say for for everyone listening that there are a lot of you know recent 
critically acclaimed Chiefs fans, you know, guys that have come out of the woodwork, you know, Pat Mahomes all of a sudden, and, and now they want to want to be Chiefs fans when they didn't really care when Alex Smith was back there slinging it. I, I just want to point out that, that Davis is a Kansas City native, first of all. Yes. And a long-time tenured Chiefs fan. Like, the real deal. And, and if I... If I had the opportunity to call him a fake fan, oh my gosh, I would jump at it uh, because I, I really would love to do nothing more. But I really have to give him credit in that he is a true salt of the earth Chiefs fan. Um, obviously, they have a huge game this week. And, and how are you feeling? I feel great. First of all, thank you for that praise. I do have to quickly come clean. My father was born in Denver. So when I was a kid, he was a Broncos fan and I was a Broncos fan because I wanted to be like my dad. That quickly, though, changed to the Chiefs when I moved away from Kansas City. Because once you're out of the city, you know, you it's there's the, the nostalgic factor there. And that was before Mahomes. That was before, you know, so, but I appreciate the praise. Uh, how do I feel? Incredibly nervous. It's, it's great that we're back, but going up against Tom Brady in Tampa in his home stadium now is just scary. It, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were probably the better team, but it almost just feels like destiny is written. We get into this a little bit with our conversation with Willie, but uh, it's just, it almost feels like too much of a storybook ending for Tom to go to Tampa and then bring a Super Bowl in his home stadium. It just, eh, it feels like there's some bad juju in the air, but you know, you can't bet against Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So you can't. We'll see. The weapons, the weaponry that they have on offense is absolutely incredible. Just dynamic. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to be excited to watch that one. Actually, we had the privilege last year of being in attendance for their Super Bowl victory, yes. uh, which was a special moment as well. So, Dunk, this is an opportunity for me to tell one of your greatest friendship stories. It's a, it's a moment that I'll never be able to repay you for. So you were offered one Super Bowl suite ticket, Super Bowls in Miami, or three tickets up in the upper deck, the nosebleeds, if you will. And you accepted the latter option because you wanted to allow me and another one of our friends, Ben Novin, shout out to Ben. Shout out to Ben. To come to the Super Bowl with you. We're both from Kansas City. We're Chiefs guys. So we fly out to Miami for a ticket that you give us. Again, just incredible. We're up at the upper deck in our seats, watching teams warm up, getting ready for the game. Lo and behold, you get a call from the Verizon suite saying, hey, we got room for you. You can come in. So Ben and I are thinking, oh, you go to the suite. We'll stay up in the upper deck. No, no, no. All three of us can come to the suite. It's all so, or nothing. It's all or nothing. Long story short, you because of you, I got to watch the Chiefs win a Super Bowl in a suite with food, drink, everything. It was just, it's a night that I think forever, regardless of how my life goes, will be a top three night in my life. And it was, it was just, again, a moment that I'll never be able to repay you for uh, and something that you're going to be able to hold over me for the rest of our days. I appreciate you pumping my tires a little bit. Um, and it's also noted that you are now forever indebted to me. Uh, I think it's appropriate that we shout out Jonathan from Verizon for making that entire thing happen. Uh, certainly wouldn't have happened without him. He was the the man behind it all. Uh, but yeah, it, in my opinion, it, it was really a no brainer. You know, I 
I didn't have any skin in the game and that I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a Chiefs fan. Uh, so I didn't really care to go to the game, truthfully. Um, but it was an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. I'd never been to one. So I wanted to go. And, you know, you guys are, like I said, both from Kansas City, both diehard Chiefs fans. It just felt like the right thing to do. And, uh, of course, as, as karma would have it, we're able to parlay the you know third deck seats into some sweet tickets uh, before the game even started, I think. Right. Yep. I, sorry, I would just had a flashback. I'll never forget the, the infamous play now wasp that the chiefs ran. Yeah. I'll never forget when they were running that play, you said they got him. Oh my God, they got him because we were at, we were in that end zone. So we could see yeah. the whole thing develop and you saw Tyreek break and he was wide open and Duncan hit us with a, Oh my God, they got him. And from that moment on the rest of the night was just magical. That's a, a sharp memory out of you. Uh, if I remember, I think you were a, a couple uh, tequila sodas deep at that point. Look, man, it was an open bar. I was at a Super Bowl with my friend who just got me into a suite. Don't hold that against me. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was a designated driver. I had a game the next day. Um, but but you two were, were certainly uh, enjoying the festivities, as you should, you know, celebrating a, a Super Bowl victory. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun memory, for sure. Incredible. Uh, real quickly, I want to hit on because we're on football. There are also some rumors that NCAA football is going to make a, a, a pushback or a comeback, That's right. which I think NCAA football gets some credit for why you and I are even friends. Yeah, I mean, it's it's partially responsible for bringing us together, but also responsible for for putting a wedge in our relationship as Very well, uh, because I used to absolutely give you the business in that game back in the day uh, to the point where I think we, we had some stretches where we wouldn't speak to each other uh, just because the games weren't even close. Like uh, you would rage quit repeatedly um, after, you know, being down four or five touchdowns in the first half. So I excited excited to bring that game back. Um, that certainly is is one that's that's near and dear to both of us. I do need to come clean about that. I think in episode one, uh, I falsely state that I was better than you at that game. I ha- I will admit that you're right. There were I had you had some sleepless nights about the three point competition. I have some sleepless nights about you beating me in NCAA football. Something that I don't really want to talk about. Just like you've dodged uh, the. Uh, Udonis calling you the best shooter. I'm going to dodge this one. Let's move on to uh, the Reddit question of the day. So we've got a good one this week. This one I've seen posted quite a bit, actually. So there are probably a few users that we could give credit for this one. But the latest I've seen comes from Rugged Belief System. (laughs) User Rugged Belief System. Another great name. Love it. And they ask, if you could change one thing about the NBA, what would it be? So you can take this in any, any direction you want. The way I'm taking this is like a rule, you know, a rule within the game that you could change about the NBA. Interesting. Um, well, I'm actually going to take it a different direction then. Please do. And I'm going to, from a player perspective, there is a part about the NBA that, in my opinion, makes absolutely no sense. And it is it happens before the game, actually. Prior to tip-off, I believe it's an hour and a half, maybe to an hour before tip-off, there is, and this is pre-COVID, mind you, so now it's all different, but pre-COVID, there is media availability in the locker rooms, in the team locker rooms, 
And what ultimately ends up happening, and mind you, oftentimes it's the same beat reporters that are around you every single day. So if they really had a question, they could have asked you the day before after practice, or they could just wait till after the game. So what ends up happening is all these reporters come in and nobody really has any questions. There might be a couple questions that are asked within the first 30 seconds, but then what ends up happening is people just stand around for about 30 minutes straight and they're just awkwardly, all the reporters are just kind of awkwardly in there. And at one point I remember asking somebody, like, why do you guys come in here if you just kind of stand and look around? And their answer is that, well, we don't want to miss anything. So what ends up happening is that everybody just ends up being in there for no reason other than the fact that they don't want to miss anything. And nothing really ever happens. So as a result, players just feel uncomfortable that reporters are like always watching them and kind of around them. And you just can't really be yourself. And it's just results in this like awkward tension that just always happens. And I just don't understand why that's still a thing. I, I just feel like there's plenty of media availability. If they ever have a question, there's plenty of opportunities for us to ask for them to ask us. Uh, and, and I think that just in general, that should be removed. Are they watching you change? So, I mean, so that's, that's part of it is that it's just like, you know, you have your your pregame rituals, routines that you partake in and they're there for all of it. And it's just like a very, something that, that should be like private. It just always feels very public. Yeah. That I, I didn't actually really know that that is how things went down. That's strange. But now that you say that, I do remember listening to an interview with Andre, uh, where he talks about, I think maybe it's you guys, but also the Warriors, a group of players will just go in the bathroom and sort of hide and yeah. just kind of get away from everything. Yeah, that's that's ultimately what ends up happening is that players just don't spend time in the locker room and they're dispersed all over. Um, so that, that's, that would be the one thing that I would change. Other than that, I think it's it's just a, a great league. Yeah, I, that's a good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a different direction. I'm going to go on-court rule. I think that we should change the rule with end of, uh, quarter, end of half, half court shots shouldn't count as an attempt unless it goes in. Because here, what I don't like is that players, no one wants to take that three quarter court shot at the end of the quarter because then it's an 0 for 1 when it's like you have such a little chance of making it. But if we just remove the rule that it doesn't count as an attempt, guys are going to start launching them. And then every once in a while they're going to go in. And how great is that? Like, the, yeah. I, I want you taking more three-quarter court shots is what I'm getting at. Well, so I actually, I, I take pride in always letting it fly uh, no matter what. But I, I'm actually going to take it one further. I think that they should just be their own statistical category. Ooh. The same way you have a three-point percentage, I think that you should have like a half court and a full court or, or something, you know, anything past half court. But what it does is it doesn't count against your field goal and your three-point. I because like that. Because I'm sure there are guys that, have, especially if you're a guard and you end up with the ball in your hands a lot, I'm sure that at the end of the season, if you were to take it every time, that ends up being you know, 20, 25 oh, yeah. shots that you miss yeah. that are detracting from your field goal percentage or three-point percentage. That's a big difference. And especially when some people are getting you know bonus incentives based off of percentages and all sorts of different things, of course, guys are not going to shoot them. Um, so I think that they should just be their own statistical category altogether. I love it. I love it. That's a great call. Um, all right. You want to quickly hit our long shot feature this week? 
Yeah, exciting uh, long shot feature. I will say the first long shot feature last week I, I felt was a, a big hit. Oh, um, yeah. So we're excited to make this one a, a repeated segment. Yeah. So this one, we got my guy, Michael Kramer. Mm-hmm. He is a Heat fan who is currently recovering from a very rare form of bone marrow cancer. Yeah. I think he was diagnosed with it last year, uh, has gone through chemo or maybe is still going through, um, but is recovering right now. And it was rare to the point where his doctor, he said, this was the second case that his doctor had ever seen and that he needed a procedure and a transplant that not many doctors had ever performed. Yeah. Yeah. Like just truly a, a, a long shot in the sense of this is just rare air. 100%. So we are excited to also report that he has made it through these procedures and he's on the other side and he's in great spirits. And we're also learning that he's keeping his recovery uh, for the public and, and is documenting it as inspiration through both Instagram and TikTok, and that his main goal is to continue to inspire others to keep fighting and to never give up despite the odds and despite any form of adversity that is thrown your way. So shout out to our guy, Michael Kramer, for that. Uh, certainly keeping things in perspective this week for all of us. Uh, yeah, amazing, incredible story. And another one that we're just very thankful uh, that they're sharing with us. All right, so that's our long shot feature. And now we're, we're just moving on uh, to our conversation with Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah, this is a special one for me. Willie and I went to high school together, so it was great to reminisce on those days, but also just catch up. And I think it was an incredible conversation. Uh, he's an incredibly interesting dude, so I'm excited for, for you guys to hear this one. Dunk, if you had to describe this combo in one word, what would it be? The one word I would use is eclectic. I think uh, just in general, the conversation goes a lot of different directions, and uh, Willie in general is a very eclectic guy so uh super excited for uh you guys to hear this one and uh here's willie willie collie stein here with us today current dallas maverick sec defensive player of the year nabc defensive player of the year that's national all mm -hmm. sec first team consensus first team all american nba all rookie team he also recently became a father, man of many talents off the court, including art, music, and of course, fashion. But before all of that, he is a former teammate to ours truly, high school mm -hmm. teammate, Davis Reed. Yes. Willie, Willie, welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. Appreciate you being here, man. Hey, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Um, yeah, Dave is a legend. Legend seems overly generous, but I'll take it. I think legend seems accurate. No, he really is a legend. No, let me, I, I want to set the stage here for, <laughs> for listeners, but also for Duncan. I don't know, Duncan, if you know this story, but let's go back to summer of 2009, I think it is. I'm at AAU practice in Kansas City, 15 years old. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's a hot summer day, 90 degrees. It's a Tuesday. We'll say it's 3 p.m. Um, <laughs> none of that is true, but just we're trying to set the scene here. <laughs> In the mood, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. For the sake of the story, we're at we're at practice, uh, you know, doing some drills, pretty normal stuff. This six eight kid comes walking into the gym, starts lacing him up, starts shooting on the other end of the court. 
Nobody knows who he is. We go through a few more drills. Coaches kind of pull us in at some point, pull us into a huddle, wave the strange kid over. He comes running over. <laughs> they say, hey, this is Willie, kid from Spearville, Kansas. He's going to be joining the team for the summer. Now, I'm from Kansas, and I have no idea where Spearville is. Uh, a Google search tells me that it's a town of like 700 people in Western Kansas. That's all I knew. But it quickly became apparent uh, why Willie was joining the team. Willie, you were pretty raw at 15 years old, but the way you moved, hands of a wide receiver, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, it just became very apparent that you know, as a 15-year-old, you had uh, the potential to be where you're at today. What do you remember about that summer? I think it's 2009. Do I have that right? Just coming to Kansas City, yeah, 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 joining yeah. us at MoCan. Also, I think it was going do, into our sophomore year, right? Correct. Going into a sophomore year of high school. How do you get discovered in a place like Spearville, Kansas, even if you're 6'8", uh, with the athleticism that you had at that point? Man, it was uh, timing, bro. The timing was crazy. Uh, or like freshman year, like that, probably 15, I was trying to be uh damn NFL quarterback, bro. Like, you couldn't have told me at 15 that I was not going to be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> um, matter of fact, I wasn't even, like, trying to play on my high school basketball team at that time. Like, they they, they damn near made me. Like, come on, bro. You're Come on, bro. We, we don't have enough guys anyways. Like, come on, bro. Like, you're like, yeah, you're right. Y'all my guys, too, so I'll play whatever. You know, you don't – you want to be around the homies anyways. So – I would have been bored if I didn't play and watch all the other like dudes that I run around with in the summertime playing. So, um, you know, I decided to play and it just so happened we got a new coach and he was like a younger um, he's he was hip to the to the culture of basketball, man. So like he came from, you know, closer to the Kansas City area um, and kind of had this swagger to him and it, it kind of just attracted. Um, next thing you know, like we're playing in uh like I think it was a K State uh, team camp, and it was like I didn't have a clue who the hell I was. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was just—they told me to come on this trip. I'm thinking, shoot, let, let's go on the trip. I'm going for a weekend to to K State. Yeah, that's whatever. And Robin Lucas is at that game, and bro, I'm talking like a, a total culture shock. But I never talked to a man like Robin Lucas before. Period. So, man, he was his energy was crazy, and I'm I was just kind of like. Hey, look, man, I ain't never even this is the first time I even been out of this city, like the city that I'm from. Like, I ain't never been this far close, especially for some hoop stuff. Like, I think the farthest I ever been to is like Wichita. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And from that, I went back home, got he got my information, blah, blah, blah. But it was just the timing of that. And the new coach, I met that dude. Next thing I know, I'm having them like my aunt lived in Kansas City. So and then it's just kicked off. Yeah. So dunk. So Robin was a coach at Mocan. So I was playing for Mocan that summer. Um, so th yeah, I think that perfectly encapsulates kind of where you were, right? So it's like, there was clearly this ability there, whether you wanted to be a quarterback or not on the basketball court. Absolutely. So, so you come play with us that summer, then you go back to Spearville for your sophomore year. So in Kansas, high school basketball, uh, high schools are put into classes based on their size. I went to a 6A high school, which was largest class in the state. Spearville's what, 2A? Yeah, it was 2A at the time. So you guys had, what, what 100 kids at the high school? Yeah. Yeah, 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 probably pretty close to that. So you can imagine Dunk, a what, more. what Willie was doing to 2A high school basketball, as even as a sophomore. 
And so then that next summer, Willie, you come play at Mocan again. And then the decision gets made that you're going to move to Kansas City and come to my high school at Olathe Northwest. So you move in with the Shields family, Will Shields, who's Hall of Fame offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. His son, Siobhan, played on Mocan with us, one of our best friends. Uh, so you move in with the Shields, come to Olathe Northwest, which is my high school in Kansas City. I imagine there's a little bit of culture shock there that goes from Spearville, Kansas to suburb of Kansas City. Oh, man. Um, it was like a movie, honestly. It was like watch it was like watching a like a big time movie from where I'm from. Um, like not knowing who you were, like who was the locker mate next to you, like from that was like my first point. Like I'm like looking, I'm like, damn, I don't know none of these people. I don't even know their name, especially like I don't even know them as people. And then like it was the only the only cool thing that I went into that situation was like, man, I'm this is like a time that I'm gonna reinvent myself. And I think that was like cool. It was like there was so much like more opportunity with like the arts, like the art department, man. There was, you know, how the school sprouted out. That, I was like a, a mini university from, you know, from like where I was from. So like there was just so many different things that you can you can dabble into. And man, I just got a chance to reinvent myself and, and kind of learn. Willie, tell me about a young Davis Reed uh, you know, there, there are rumors and reports that he damn near ran Olathe Northwest. Uh, just give me, give the people a little insight uh, into what Davis Reed looked like as a, as a high schooler. Oh dear. Oh man. A young Davis Reed, you know, he's similar, similar, very grounded. He was a very grounded, like that's, that's like one of the things that I, I always admired from him and Siobhan was like how like far ahead mentally you were the first time i pulled up to this dude's crib and he playing the piano so smooth bro so jiggy like we went just went from like this dude like he started to show all his talents now you know what i mean like you know when you go to the to the new homie's crib he's starting to show yeah. his crib and stuff man and it was like i was like wow like how lucky am i to like jump into a friendship like y'all had like and y'all y'all's friendship between you and siobhan was like a brotherhood in itself and then like you know, and then I started meeting your other friends and it was just, it was cool to be a part of for sure. Um, but man, it was it was it was definitely a shock. And um, but man, just grounded like he, he was it was a very grounded dude. You could have taken that answer a couple different ways. I appreciate that, though. Uh, I like where it Thank went. You. I like where it went. I, Willie, I want to. So that decision for you to leave Spearville to come to Kansas City what went into that? I mean, I think for me in the moment when I look back on it, I was so excited about the thought of you coming to our school, joining our team, moving in with Siobhan, being in our circle, that at that age too, I don't think I understood the magnitude of you uprooting your life, leaving your family, leaving your brother, all your friends in Spearville to just go into this unknown that is Kansas City. Did you have the vision of why you were doing it? Or was it just kind of a blur at that point? I had like, I understood, you know what I mean? Like my, like my grades at that school was not going to cut it. So like, you know, I had to do two summers with, with like getting tutored and like doing summer school with a uh, senior, like in the summertime while I like, we're, we're still juggling AU And like, I was, I was at back then I was getting invited to like the hoop summits. And like, so it was like, it was an exciting time. Cause like hoops was getting like, I finally, you know, I'm on it. I was starting to get on the like the boards of, um, you know, colleges and stuff like that. So it was like that in itself was so crazy. But then like that 
when the move happened, I mean, we was at an AU tournament. We had a little meeting up in the top, and I was like, and my mom and grandma's was crying and shit. And I didn't even realize what was going on, man. I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, you know, I guess I'm gonna go hoop over, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna move up here. It didn't really hit me until the first time I got grounded by Senior and Will. <laughs> And it was within the first month I was like, I had moved in, we're going to school. And like, she had, they had a rule there, you know what I mean? Like you had to have good grades. And uh, she said, you, you only can have one C. And I ended up having like a, a C, a C in the first, like, you know, you know how the first like week happens. Like if you mess up that first thing, you're done for in your first like report card. And they're gonna, you know, what I mean, you're like, oh, it's two, it's two assignments. Like, it's not that big a deal. Nah, to them it was a big deal. And like, she took my phone, and I ain't never been grounded before. So it was just like, a, I'm like, what? Like, you know, what I mean, like, what? I was confused. I was, what do you mean? How are you gonna take? You know, this is how I communicate to my family back home. Bro. I was trying to pull out all this stuff. Now she was not going, bro. And that was like my first, like, like, damn. I want to go home. So then I had another phone on the on the on the underneath side and like that I had brought from from Spearville too. So then I I was calling my grandma on and blah blah blah. I'm like, I want to come home. And I could hear it in her voice, like she was really gonna let me come home because you know, obviously they like I was the baby out of the family and stuff like that. So um, you know, they missed me there. And uh I heard it in her voice, bro. And I, I was like, ah, I can't go. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, it's too much. Like, I, I get it now. Like, that moment right there, I was like, I understand why I'm here. And then it just took off. So I, I, I want to ask you a little bit more about that in that, obviously, at, at this point, you, you you see yourself making all these sacrifices, right? You're uprooting your, you know, your family. Um, you know, you're locking in on grades, all this type of stuff. At, at that point, are you able do you have the perspective of this big picture of like, damn, like I, I could have the opportunity to play in the NBA or, or really do something serious with this basketball and, and have the opportunity to change my family's life forever? It, or at that point, is it are you just a high school kid who's pissed that he's grounded? You know what I mean? Like, is it resonating with you at that point or, oh, man, or not bro, even? At that point, I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about the NBA. I think the NBA was always there. Like everybody else seen it. You know what I mean? I have to I ain't have to even see it. Like everybody else was like guiding me towards it. And it was like, if you do this, this, and this, and this, and this, you're gonna get there. And then like me, I was like, well, I wanna do that, that, and that my way, and I'm gonna still get there. And it was like so conflicting because it was like, well, why there's multiple ways I could be doing this. And it was like, but like for for example, like there was one point. My grades had been was hella good in this math class, man. And math was not like my strong suit growing into. I had to take geometry and shit over again. Um, and so like it wasn't really like my thing, bro. And I remember having a like an A in this class, and I was with like all the misfits in this class, like me and all the other misfits in this class. And I was like, I feel like the smartest one in there. It was the coolest feeling ever. I never felt that before. So like we're sitting in the back and like it's getting ready for a finals, like a finals test. And I'm like, yo, I got an A. Like, I never had an A like this before. Like, I don't even need an A. Wait, hold a second. Like, do I have to take this? And she's like, well, technically, if you just put your name on it, you're going to drop down to a B. And I was, I just put my name on it and threw it in. Did not even think about, like, anything, bro. It was just like, oh, shit, I'm good. Blah, blah, blah. I get home and, and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Like, your GPA could be, you know, so much better. 
if you would have just got the A in that class. And then I didn't, bro, I was, I was telling you, I was trying to do my own way. And like, instead of doing it the right way the first time, I did so many like wrong ways and like try to finesse it. And then like did so much more work trying to finesse it than then just doing it the right way the first time. Speaking of doing it your own way, Dunk, have you ever seen Willie's high school football highlights or his stats? I've heard of them. I, I know he was dominant uh, on the gridiron. So he says he wanted to be an NFL quarterback. I don't know what happened at Olathe Northwest, but he got moved to wide receiver, which in retrospect makes sense. Seven foot guy who can move the way he moves. It was insane. With all due respect to Olathe Northwest, where we went to high school, we were not a football school. Uh, football was not our strong suit. And I think we made the playoffs for maybe the first time ever, or at least the and first like, time. Since like, I think like 2009, they made it or something like that. And it was solely because it, you could put, I think they triple teamed you most they of the time, did. Willie. They, they would like jam you at the line, hey. have a corner and a safety over the top. And you would just, you know, we would just throw it up and there's really not much that you can do. I want to read off. I looked up your stats, Willie. I want to just quickly read them off. We played nine games in high school. You had 64 catches for 1300 yards and 15 touchdowns in nine games. And keep in mind that that's with being triple teamed pretty much every snap. Yo, and they also jit me on. They still to this day jit me on that. I really had 16 touchdowns, bro. And they ain't count one. (laughs) <laughs> wait what what's the story behind that and it was in it was in uh in lawrence i believe but there's one there's one play where i was like falling out of bounds and i hit the i hit the pylon bro and they didn't give me that touchdown i'm sick that they don't count that but I, bro if we had video i swear to god it would be like us oh, a touchdown <laughs> i like bro i solely remember like hitting it i'm like yo like you seen it like i hit it. nah one yard ago i'm like what and i i set out the first quarter of that stuff because i had I went to the Kentucky visit, bro. I went to a Kentucky visit. And I missed. I missed the practice, and uh, Coach Dame made me uh, sit out the first quarter. I remember that. I came in through an eighty-yard or so. They threw an eighty-yard bomb to me. First play I was in the second or the second quarter, bro. It was so. It was so tough. It's like the first playoff game that we had. It was lit. Uh, speaking of Kentucky, I remember Coach Cal came to a couple football games, which is just an insane thought in <laughs> retrospect. Like his his recruit that he's bringing in, he's going to watch play football. Like, I can't imagine that he's standing on the sideline excited that you're out there. Like, I'm sure he's supportive, but there's no way that he feels comfortable with you running around at seven feet and there's, you know, five, eight guys coming at your knees. Yeah, I I don't know, bro, because it was like uh, him and Frank Martin was at uh, the game we played North. And you know how that rivalry was anyway. So, like, we were just, and we were good. So it was like, we're trying to smack these dudes. And I remember coming in on like a, I got a crack block and I lit this dude up, bro, right into their feet, bro. And they were so high. I look up and they were so high. They was yelling with us, bro. And I was like, oh, shit. They see, this is what they want to see. This is what they want to see. So I started talking about shit. This is what they want to see. <laughs> bro, we ended up smacking that team, though. So it was lit. Talk to me a little bit about your experience at Kentucky. You really get the full experience in three years and that you guys, you know, your first year, I think you were in the NIT, second year all the way to to Monday night, and then the third year, uh, once again, back in the Final Four. But with that being said, every year the roster, right, you know, at at a place like Kentucky looks totally different. How is that for you, being a guy there three years, a lot of guys are in in there, out of there, one and done. Uh, From a development standpoint, 
like how do you think that that prepared you for the NBA, whether it be playing for Coach Cal or just playing at, at such a high level? Man, I think honestly, when I went in there, the AU the AU team that we played for, we had two you know college coaches, so like they they already had us on a defensive mindset, like they were giving us college defensive concepts, and we were running fifteen play actions, and our and our we were the only team in AU that was doing like people today still be like, bro, y'all ran fifteen plays, like who, who what what team runs fifteen, bro? us bro we was running two a days we was practicing bro we practiced like two and a half hours on straight just running the same basic play literally called basic just running that shit over and over again so like when we got when i got to college i already had that instilled so it helped me a lot i already knew like the help side stuff i already knew you know the the intricate like elite level of of um like shell you know what i mean like we have done that for five hours you know like they was they was on some some bs with that stuff so when I got there, I was already kind of like hip to that. But my offensive game, you know, I have really confidence in, in in doing that. So when I when I got there, I was really raw at off. Like I was I was still making plays, but it wasn't pretty. It was just like get I was just getting it done. And then I got with KP, um, Kenny Payne, um, and was like working late nights. Like matter of fact, he would have me come in there just to keep me out of trouble. Like man, you got to come work out at nine. So by the time I get done, it's 11, 30, 12. Like, you don't want to do nothing after that. And so, like, that's what he started doing with me. And I would, like, get kind of tied at, at the beginning of it. By the time I got to my junior year, though, like, now, like, I feel like I was nice. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, now I finally understand, like, like my IQ level and my game is caught up now. Like, i always been pretty good at, like, reading the flow of the game and like spacing of the game, like just because coming from a small town, it was all pass, cut, screen away type playing. Um, so coming up from that into getting to that point, to now where the game has changed, where it's like, you got to know how to play one-on-one. If you didn't play one-on-one now, like, you know, you're not going to be able to play for very long here. Um, and that's what I was, that's what I was getting taught when I was like, probably from my end of my freshman year to my junior year was just like, just crafting steady on this offensive game defense was already already there so it was just like i got to catch up my offensive game to my defense and that's just like been the focus all the way up and still to this day i i think kentucky is is so unique in that you know so many other colleges you need to dominate like statistically right or, or have the ball in your hands to gain recognition from you know the next level and you need to be you know whatever the 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 person that's getting the most usage on your team. I think Kentucky is so unique in that there's so much talent that NBA evaluators, GMs, coaches, whatever, can already see how you can fit into a bigger system, like right. an NBA system, really. In that, you know, I just remember watching you at, at Kentucky and you would dominate games by just doing everything really without the ball. You yeah. know, you you were catching laws above the rim, you're protecting the protecting the rim, switching everything. Does that give you a unique advantage to when you step into your first NBA training camp and it's like, I already played this role in college, basically. What 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 now an NBA team is asking me to do, I've already done this. Whereas so many like, you know, a guard has to come in and go from taking 15, 20 shots a game to being a backup. That's totally different. Yeah. For you it's like all right, I've been here before, you know, what's next, right? Yeah, no, it was it was exactly that. Um, going in, you know, getting drafted high, uh, 
now my expectation is higher though now like because like, i've done been at this level like at kentucky by the time my junior year but i'm a rock star like i can't go out to to get pizza i can't go out to go get shampoo you know what i mean like you're you're getting flooded with pictures and stuff so when i got drafted it was like a total like damn we're not a rock star no more you know because there's everybody's a rock now everybody was that you know what i mean so like when i got to the kings it was just like oh it was it was like it was cool but they already had you know you know how it is when you go to the team like they already got their guys so then nobody wanted to want nobody to this day wants to play that role you know what i mean nobody wants to do that role unless you're getting paid od for it so like for me it was just like well it's easy i just gotta go out there and hoop like it's not it's not like i'm it's, it's just the effort of hooping spacing and like you know all the little stuff i'm telling you about like screening and stuff so it's like for me it's boring now it was boring then like especially after like being with KP for three years and I'm learning now I got an offensive game and I'm thinking like, okay, now I don't want to play this role anymore. So like, what's, what's next? Like, how do I, how do I still continue to like get better? But like, you still want, I have to play this role to have a job. You know what I mean? But like, what's the next level of hooping if you can't use your skills? And that's like what I'd be battling to this day is cause like, you know, at the end of the day, bro, if you, if you put in all that time, you're going to want to use that stuff. No, that's that's real. That that's definitely something that that I've learned. Uh, you know, particularly my my first year. You know, when I was I, I was hardly playing at all, and people are like, "Oh, you know, but but you're in the NBA. You know, you're you're a professional. Like, but it's you're still not playing, <laughs> and it's still it's still not where you want to be. And your perspective now shifts because of your surroundings, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's always relative. Um, and, and that can be a, a real challenge because you, you got everybody out around you who doesn't understand your experience because they haven't been in the shoes that you've been in telling you, man, like be grateful or, or, or appreciate where you are. And, and it's good to hear that and, and be reminded of that, but it doesn't just change it on a, on a snap of a finger. Like it's, it's still your reality and still your perspective. Um, so I, I totally hear you with that. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you talk about coming from a town of, of 700 people and then you talk about being in Lexington, Kentucky and not being able to go get pizza. Are, are there moments when you're on campus at Kentucky and you're thinking to yourself, like th this changed quickly. Like four years ago, I was in a town that nobody has even heard of, <clears throat> you know, doing whatever I wanted to do. And now I got to worry about, you know, someone taking a picture of me doing the wrong thing or, or, or me, you know, getting caught up on so whatever it is. Um, I gotta, I gotta worry about all my movements. Is that like, that's just gotta be a blur. Oh man. It was, uh, I, I, I mean, I learned, I learned quick though. Um, like I used to ride around like when I first got on campus, like my my freshman year, that summer when you go and you start summer class, whatever. I'm riding around on on a, on a skateboard, longboard, longboard in the class. I'm longboarding around. I'm going to the skate park and stuff. And then it, it bro, I got. I mean, it, I learned quickly. You know what I mean? I learned quickly, like that. Like hoopers don't do that. Wait, I was about to say, hold on, you were going to the skate park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like hoopers don't do that. And I, I mean, bro, I learned quickly, like, I, I wasn't really hanging out with my teammates at first because it was like, bro, it was far. You know what I mean? I was far left from a hooper. Like, I was completely an artist. You know what I mean? Like, I just happened to hoop. And like everybody in the team, they're hoopers. They like, got stacks of Jordans, bro. I wasn't even into Jordans when I was first going to college. Like, they were all into Jordans, like Siobhan, a bunch of them dudes, man. They was like 
camping to get Jordans. I'm wearing like crusty Vans and Chucks still. Like I'm on this, you know, Kurt Cobain wave. And like I'm trying to really be on some rock star like skater vibes. And like, bro, I'm, it was just crazy. And I got there and I turned into a hooper though. It was lit. I turned into a, I started getting J's. I started like, you know, hooping. <laughs> I just, I, I want to ask one more question before I, I, I let Dave jump in. So I, I hear you say that in, in that like you have so many interests outside of basketball, right? And particularly now in this season, this is something that I've experienced is that especially now that we're being asked to stay inside on the road and, and stay inside when we're in our cities, that basically my entire day is is basketball um, in that you know, a lot of times whether or not you have a good or bad day is dependent on whether you have a good or bad practice or a good or bad game. And it's, it's hard to find that escape. I'm curious as to this season, has it been particularly challenging for you to get those escapes, you know, be able to tap into those different interests, particularly with the fact that, you know, we're basically on lockdown right now. Uh, I mean, honestly, bro, it ain't really changed. Um, like if I wanted to, I could bring like my paint sets with me. You know what I mean? Like if I wanted to, like I could do it right here in the room. Um, like I actually have a, a travel studio set that I used to bring on the road and like make music in the, in the, in the room. Um, so like all that, I, I made, I catered it to, you know what I mean? Like right now I have like a whole, you know, gaming road set that I keep in a bag and I got a home, gaming said that i just keep set up there like so this year i've been on some gaming stuff like before i wasn't really on that um but like when i when my girl was pregnant and like covid first hit like we you know i i didn't want to get her sick i didn't want to be out here you know still living like covid didn't exist um so like we did lock down and um that's when i really 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 got to a different level in my artistry um like with the painting and like just like just the next level on that um and then like having my daughter tap me into like on like the next level of just like the world being in art you know what i mean has that has that changed your perspective in basketball too i assume it's not just art that having a daughter now kind of changes the way you view everything oh absolutely man um especially hoops uh like it used to be like a game but now you know it's a job um, so like to, to your point, Duncan, um, uh, of being like frustrated and like, you know, you, you come from getting the shots, you come from playing. And then, you know, like my first three, four years in the league, I'm still starting in my first, my like, what, 2018, I, I started 81 games. And then you go to being like, you get, you know, traded. Now you go to a team that already got their stuff set and you kind of got to like, this is my first time having to like work through the system. And it was completely like, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a culture. Like it was, it was humbling. This is the word I'm, I'm looking for. It was humbling. Cause it was like, man, I done went from, you know, Kentucky work my way up now. Like, I feel like I was solidified. And then you go to a point where like, nah, they don't believe that, that that's who you are, what you you're saying you are. That's not who they think you are. So now you got to like make them believe that this is who you are and put in so much extra work that you're already putting in just to prove that you are actually who you are and it's like man just 
why can't I just be me and like go hoop and have my job and, you know, keep everything jigging. It's like when you get to this level, that's when the politics of life hit. And that's like the politics of, you know, there's a lot of money in this business and like it's a business for real and it's not just hoops anymore. Um, and my daughter really made me think of that, like, damn, what do I need to do now so we don't ever have to work again? You know what I mean? Like, what do I have to stack up now? So, you know, like I had my fun with the money. Um, Dave, we had some good times. Um, you, and it's like, you know, I did all that when we were kind of younger. And now that like I'm, you know, breaching my 30s, like I want my next five years to be like, you know, let me try to stack 20 M's real quick and whatever. What like now I'm trying to, you know put my money in different buckets to try to get there faster and um so that's what my focus been on but i've been a lot happier i feel like um you know chasing that for my kids and my and you know like like you said generational wealth and um changing your 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 life you know your family's life and stuff like that so that's kind of what i've been focused on it's been great no i i i totally get that um you know something we talk a lot about um or I, I've tried to think a lot about also is, you know, 80, 82 games this year, it's 73 or whatever it is, but there can be a lot of monotony in, a, in an NBA season and, you know, you're moving city to city. And it's, I think finding that why finding the reason, you know, for your passion, what's really driving you uh, can be huge and just like keeping you centered on, on that journey. Um, so yeah, that, that it's awesome to hear that, that you've really found that. I want to ask you guys, because I think it's really interesting. If we now kind of fast forward to current day, the Mavs and the Heat are sort of in mirroring positions, at least from an outside view like mine. You guys both are in situations that have championship aspirations. You're both sort of in like, I guess we can call them slumps right now. Willie, you guys have lost a couple in a row. Dunk, you guys are obviously, both of you guys have been kind of rattled by uh, injury or, or COVID what's mindset like, like, how do you think about how do we reset? How do we, you know, kind of refocus and, and get back to where we want to be this year and moving forward? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's been such a unique year in, in so many ways. Um, you know, I think it's important to, to look at everything in context, you know, first and foremost, you know, one of the biggest challenges of this year has been, getting everybody available and, and healthy. Um, so I think it's important to, to look at everything in context, but with that being said, it's, it's also the reality that we're in as a team right now. And, you know, I, I don't want to say panic, but there has to be a sense, a heightened sense of urgency and, you know, 10 game winning streaks don't just happen in this league, right? Like teams are so good and so talented. It's just got to be chip away, the chip away mindset. Um, so I think now with, with where we're at is we're starting to get back to full strength, which is really a, a huge step for us. And now it becomes how we, how we build our game moving forward and, and start to develop some confidence um, and, and some grit and just start to, to piece together some games and first start as some quarters, piece together some quarters, piece to, together some games, some wins, and just start to gain some momentum. Um, you know, the beauty of the NBA season is it's, it is a long season, but you do, you never want to get caught up in, oh, you know, we'll be all right. Because that's a da that's a dangerous game to play, and that the the urgency has to be now, and and that we need to figure this out. So, um, 
you know, particularly with, with the expectations that we had going into this year, obviously now we're all on board that uh, the time is now to start figuring it out. Um, and the beauty of this season is you're playing every other night. So, you know, we, we couldn't figure it out last night, but we got another chance tomorrow to figure it out. So, um, Willie, I don't know. I don't know if you, you have gone, gone through something similar. Um, but that's certainly how, how we've kind of approached this, this real rough patch that we're in. Yeah, man. I, I think we're definitely in similar situations. Uh, like I think, Last night was the first time since yeah no this is the first time our whole team's been back in uh healthy um and it, it I think we're we're battling is a chemistry part um and like trusting each other and like trusting each other can make a play um even when you know our stars aren't the ones making the play um and that's like what we're going through where I think y'all had diminished that for y'all selves last year. And that's where, you know, this year you're 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 more, you know, now let's 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 start pulling it together. Like it's 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 time now. We already know what it is to get to where we're trying to go. Um, let's hit the pedal now. And us, we are in that same position, but we still have so much like little things to tweak to like get to the position where we can actually hit the button. Um, the button is sitting right there, and it's like, like you said. It's a long season, but since it's, it's it's really a shorter season than we think that we're all normal, accustomed to like thinking it's a long season. But really, like what well, we're down, you know, all star breaks right around the corner. And then after that, it's like you 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 hope you can catch a, a, a little six, seven game win streak to get you going, because it is hard. to it's, It is hard to win in this game, this league. Like, you know, our thing is like you can't lose two in a row like. You lose two in a row now, it's really starting to get like you have to you have to like stop the bleeding. You have to like and we're like, we're we're fucking cut all over the place right now, bleeding, bro. Like, um, and so like the energy is just like having to keep that same, you know, like high energy of like, come on, guys, like pulling people together. Like that's that's like that's what we're battling right now. And um it's 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 difficult, bro. It's so hard. And like, we're, we're in the West. We're like playing against, you know, like this is the hardest, you know, stretch of, um, the season that we have, um, of being on the, on the road a lot. And like the, the way the travel set up and the way, like, it's just a, a funky season, bro, for everybody from every, every team. So it's like battling your own problems. Now you got your team's problems and you got like the stuff that used to be able to release, your business and like your team problems, you know what I mean? So now it's all like jumbled in together and you got to try to figure all that shit out. Yeah. You, you talk about manufacturing your own energy uh, this year more than ever. That's true. in that you don't have the, the comfort of a home crowd. Right. And that it's, it really is. You got to find a way to, to band together um, and, and figure it out. So now that's, that's real. I, I think people truly underestimate uh, particularly at this level, how much, that stuff, the trust, the coming together, uh, really matters uh, in in terms of winning. The margin for victory, when the talent is this high, is so small, and and everything like that truly, truly makes a difference for sure. It does. It definitely does. I think that's why we were, you know, that good. My last year in Kentucky is like, but our chemistry was like, you know, you wanted, you wanted. Like everybody bought into the fact, yo, if we win, everybody's going to the draft. Everybody's getting paid. Like it don't matter. You know what I mean? Like 
all we like they want to see if you can win they want like that's what this is what you're getting paid you know like the hobby of the hierarchy in this league like this is to win like we are getting paid to like string wins together like that's all like and then when you're not doing that it's not it's not it's not it's not fun it's not good it's um the energy's bad um and luckily like you know i'm in a situation now where um they've been they've been there before so like it's not too tight you know what i mean it's not like they they know how like they know that this is hard they know this is a hard like it's a hard stretch and it's like so they're keeping us like they haven't like, like i've been on teams where they it, it, it shut down by now you know what i mean like it's it's now you know fuck what's going on it's i'm going to get my numbers um and like we still you know we're we're still on like we can win bro we can we can pull these things together we can make it to where we're trying to go and uh it's gonna be like the next week is gonna be a fun time for us it's just because like it's gonna little things are starting to click as we get our team together as you know um when your team's full um everything's it, is, it gets a little jiggier yeah uh i, I want to bring it back to to more your career uh to to kind of begin to wrap up this is something that we we've asked our other guests as well and i'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say um if you there if you had to pick a, a specific moment or experience uh that had the greatest impact on your journey or your career you know whether it be an interaction or a conversation or you know maybe a particular game or you know it might have nothing to do with basketball uh, just like a mental shift that served as as a springboard for your success or or was kind of like a pivotal moment in the trajectory is is there something in your mind that that really stands out yeah man there's there's a couple um one when i i broke my ankle um in the lead eight and like i was having a really really good year bro i was i was gonna go and i was like i think i was a sophomore i was gonna i was gonna leave i was gonna leave um and that's the year we went to the championship and um it was it was set up perfect um and i broke my ankle and i was like sitting in and after surgery and i'm sitting there on the phone with uh my cousin and i'm like man like i know i had a good season blah 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 but like ah I ain't do what I, I ain't do enough. I ain't do enough. I ain't do enough. I want to like, I want more accolades. I want to, I want to get some accolades. And then it's crazy. I came back and end up, you know, the whole intro that you did, I ended up getting all the accolades and it was like, damn, I actually did it. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just, I was drugged up off of surgery, bro. I, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 you know, I said it, I remember saying it, but like, I remember also hitting that damn button afterwards. I when I said it and fell asleep. Like, and but like the fact that it came that you know it came true and like that work you know showed up um that was like a big pivotal point and then the second one was uh not really basketball related but basketball is the reason why me and him met uh which is, his name's uh Blake Hunley um he was like 9 or 10 years old but he had he had a pretty intensive brain cancer and uh I met him at the end of that that final four journey, eh, kind of like towards the end of like about to go into the tournament. Um, and I met I went to his house, met him and his family. And then like he was so he was such a jiggy little country kid, bro. I was I don't know. He was cool, bro. Like he was like, you know, he was trying to dress like me and stuff like that. And it was just cool that his parents, you know, obviously let him do that. And it was just like it was like a big I don't know. It was 
it was it was definitely life changing. Um, and I, uh, you know, end up getting a really good relationship with him. Um, and then like either after the tournament, I think he before like I went to the draft, he ended up passing away. But like the last time I I went to his house, um, was pretty like bro, that was like pretty um. That was crazy. That was a pretty uh, like like eye opening moment. Um, that like I would be one of like the last people to like you know f- you know be around this kid. Um, it was it was uh it was tough. It was like a I've never had to be, do that before. So, um, I remember getting a call and was just like, hey, you know, it's not looking good for him. Um, you should you should go go check him out before you know this is too late. And like at that time, I was like, ah, man, like I'm not good in these situations. But like I did get a really like cool relationship with this kid. Um, and it was just so sad, bro, because when I got there, it was like, bro, he was in such pain that it was like, man, he don't even know I'm sitting on this couch right now. And like, you know, everybody said, hey, you know, Willie's here. Blah, blah, blah. And he was just like such in pain, bro. It was just so crazy watching him. But, but that definitely like, you know, I end up getting them tatted on my neck uh, when I actually was in Miami for my uh, recruiting trip or like little like, you know, the little pre-draft. I got a tattoo the night before the, the pre-draft uh, that says Team Blake. And I was like, this thing that, you know, it's little like, you know, the little cancer thing that people be doing, like slogans and stuff. So I put that on my neck and uh, yeah, man. But that was that was like my push in that in that tournament, too. It was lit. I remember Willie seeing pictures of Blake uh, that just on that circulated online that you would post or that you know he would post and yeah he seemed like a warrior and I think you know it just speaks a lot to who you are as a person too that you formed a friendship with a kid going through that and you were there for him in that moment so I think that's beautiful. All right, Willie. So to wrap it up, we're gonna do this undrafted segment where we're gonna give you three topics and we want you to pick the undervalued the diamond in the rough of each topic so for example this first one being a talent of yours i don't want to hear that you can hoop obviously we know that you can hoop we want to hear the hidden talent the behind the scenes talent that nobody really knows about uh i think i mean it's now people are starting to see it though so it's like the i would say like you know the 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 design aspect or like the the art but like um i've really gotten to like a, a visual arts like in the last couple of years so um i don't know just creating things bro i like i like just creating things in general between like being in my shop and just like throwing metal together and like building stuff like i don't know i, I don't know i'm country bro so like i like i like building shit i don't know <laughs> that's good do you go through phases with that with like you know types of I'm I'm not artistic enough to even know how to articulately ask this question but phases of like types of art that you're into whether it's like graffiti or you know painting on a canvas like are there different stages you've kind of worked through oh bro like I have so many unfinished projects like I got you know chopped up car parts I got chopped you know I just got like just projects everywhere like you know, I want to do like car like restoration when I when I after I'm done hooping and stuff like that. So, um, like I'm teaching myself how to do all that. So I mean, I just got like junk just that I'm, you know, like trying to like rebuild and like crafting the other stuff. 
Um, but like it definitely goes in phases. Like there'll be like times where like, bro, I could spend like legit like 24, 48 hours like on just like getting paintings done. And then when that all is gone or whatever, whatever that was that I needed to get out on those paintings, when that's gone, it's like, damn, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that anymore for I don't know how long. And then it just comes in a wave and then I'll get on like on something else where I like I'll start, you know, sanding down the car and then, you know, start doing that and like get it to a point to where I could paint it and then do it all over again to try to like, you know, learn how to paint a car. Um and then when that's done, it's like, all right, I don't want to do that anymore. And then go over and mess with music. And then it just is like a full circle, though. Like, I'll, I'll end up getting back to it. And then or I'll see something in the corner and be like, damn, I need to finish that. And if, you know, I'm a mad scientist with it, though. Organized chaos. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll read the next one. Um, next one is your underappreciated or undervalued clothing accessory. And I ask you this because I follow you on IG. You keep it tight with the pregame fit. So I want to know when it comes to putting together an outfit, what's like your underappreciated accessory that you got to have? It's either got to be like, I don't even know if it's under, like if I would say underappreciated, I don't know, brother, but the belt game, you know what I mean? Like the belt. See, like, I like that. The belt game is something under like I got some crazy ass belts and I don't really like since the COVID thing, like and I moved houses. I haven't really like got none of my like like really like, you know, grail pieces out Um, or I don't even know where they kind of are. So it's like one of them things. Um, <laughs> But I would say that the key to like just like doing like the fashion shit is just to like always have it. Like, even, like, your, like, regular house swag. Like, there's not a, ever a moment that I don't have something that would be like, damn, people would be like, damn, that could be on, like, a, a fashion website. Because, like, that's the key, bro. I'm telling you, I learned that shit about three years ago. If you want to be on some fashion shit, just always be on some fashion shit. There's no, like, you're never going to catch me lacking. That's how, I, that was my mindset. Right. You're never going like to catch that. me lacking. Never turn it off. Nah. Just, you, always, just always keep it on. So when, if I'm sleep, it's still going to be on some like, yeah, that's just a little cozy swag. Like, you look crazy when you sleep, but hey, I fuck with the fit. That's how That's how I feel like you got to be. All right. Uh, the last one is the underrated, underappreciated superhero. So I don't want to hear a Superman. I don't want to hear a Spider-Man. I want something low key that the people, people aren't really talking about. Hey man, I will have to go with uh, Arrow then. What? Who? Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I'm not well versed <laughs> in this category, but the fact that I don't even know who that is tells me that you gave a good answer. Well, I'll tell you this: he's a little bit. His origin story is a little bit like Bruce Wayne, so he's kind of a mixture between like Batman and, um, you know, just another rich kid that like got stranded on the island and had to like <laughs> like get, get nice at you know killing people uh, i'm with you okay i just did a quick google search i'm with you i remember this movie arrow yeah man the tv series came out on and it was like that's the only pre reason remotely why anybody would probably know who arrow is but like i used to watch like the the dc unlimited where like the cartoon where arrow was like you know he did his own thing but everybody knew he was getting down like he wasn't with right. he wasn't with the like the group shit though i tell you that he was like 
y'all like i'll come get down with y'all on some you know missions but really i'm still doing my own shit like i'm still like a bruce wayne in my damn self like i'm a right. i'm a billionaire man like at the end of the day too so he was he said he still had his own little things so, um but it was I, I, i'm telling you arrow was he's underrated for sure i, I like that i like it um all right man we we really appreciate you coming on man that that was a ton of fun uh just just everything the perspective the backstory the come up uh you know to see or to hear obviously i I didn't see it but to hear about where you've come from uh and and how you've you know moved just throughout your entire career and, and to what you've been able to accomplish man a ton of a ton of respect and um yeah just just thank you for taking the time and, and joining us shit man same bro like same same perspective where like, you never know who you know what what it's like on the other side of, of the team so like when you get to like finally sit down and talk to somebody on the other side and share and break you know this is the closest thing to breaking bread that you can do right now with COVID so um it was it was good man I'm, I'm glad I, I got to you know feel a little bit of your energy on that side to see who what type of person you are so um if Dave validates you bro you go with me forever you know what I mean like <laughs> I'm telling you, he's a solid dude. So he only he only hangs out with solid people. So um, I'm, I appreciate y'all for having me on here for sure. Yeah, I appreciate you, Willie. Real quick before you go, I got to get your Super Bowl prediction this weekend. Prediction? Give me a score. <sighs> I think it's going to be a high score. So I'm going to go well, remotely. You know what I mean? I'm just going to say 40s, 30s. I think Chiefs is going to take it. But I also do think it's rigged too. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tom <laughs> wins and then doesn't play again oh god all right well thank you man uh good luck tomorrow and uh yeah man stay in touch great to uh chop it up oh yeah man i appreciate you